Welcome back to the 48 Men Podcast. Today is a little bit different than usual. We don't have a guest today, but I'm kind of just going to explain a little bit about uh, my mission and my vision and kind of you know what I wanted to uh, start with the podcast and what I wanted it to become. And yeah, we've done it great so far. It's been eight months and it's been awesome. Um, so really, I started this podcast back in, uh, it started in December, but I had the idea last fall. I wanted to do something where I really encouraged men my age, younger than me, older, older than me even, to uh, train their bodies physically, but more than that, to challenge themselves spiritually and train that as well. You know, I think we can be disciplined in so many areas of life, and I think physical discipline is one, but I also think spiritually disciplined is another thing, and I really think that the two complement one another. And I love sports, I love athletics, I love fitness, clearly, and I love to work out. And uh, for me, the Lord's has opened a lot of doors to also be able to share my faith with people in the gym and in sports spheres and those things. So I really wanted to do something that combined it. And I love the verse, 1 Timothy 4.8, where Paul tells Timothy that physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding present for this life and the life to come. And uh, just the idea that what we do for our spirit, what we do for our soul, that transcends our natural bodies, but also transcends after we die. So that's kind of the... Uh, the mission of, um, you know, why I wanted to start the podcast and really start the ministry, I guess, so to speak. I know that so many of you have been encouraged by the podcast and that you listen to it um, for spiritual advice, for workout advice, and all those other things. Um, so I'm so thankful that y'all have been with us along for the ride. And it's really kind of my vision going forward from here is doing these podcasts in seasons. I really want to be intentional about who I have on the podcast, and I really want to cultivate these conversations around certain topics and themes that I'm passionate about, things that I struggle with, things that I know that guys my age, younger than me, older than me, that just men in general can struggle with. And I really want to be diligent and super uh, just intentional about these topics. And so I'm going to take a little hiatus here soon, and just to prep for all that that's going to be. One thing that I've kind of been thinking on now and working on a little bit is just the idea of desires. You know, as men, we can have good desires, we can have bad desires, and I really just wanted to sit down and talk with people about why do we desire things that we desire, whether they're good or bad. So that's that's an idea. Um, also, just struggles as men. You know, we've talked recently about lust and pornography and just all these other things that guys walk through, and I really want to just be super intentional about those things and how we can. Um, just beat those because we do have the ability to beat that. And I think that sometimes we just don't think we do. So having a season around um, struggles as men and having uh, desires as men. So those are kind of just two theme topics that I've kind of been thinking about a little bit. And during this hiatus, it really is going to give me time to prep, to study, to find guests, to book guests, and really, um, like I said, just be intentional about building out these seasons to where we can go the long haul because I don't want to look up in nine months and be burned out on this. And like I said earlier about, you know, this being a men's ministry, I, I really don't want it to even just be a podcast, you know. Yes, it is a podcast, but I also want it to be where you can go to my Instagram page or you can, you know, look up stuff or whatever. And 48 Men is also something that you are encouraged by aside from the podcast. I'm still going to be posting clips from previous podcasts. And um, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard one of the last... 30 something that we've just done. You can go back and listen to one of those. We have plenty out. And um, I'm really looking forward to 
uh, you know, what's ahead for, for this podcast. I really think that launching season is, is going to be beneficial. I think it's going to help men of all ages grow mentally, physically, spiritually, and help lead their family well. We need more men to step up and lead their families, and not only lead their families, but lead themselves well. And I think we are going to do this together. I need it as much as you guys need it, and I'm so thankful for this podcast. And I want to transition now to answering some of the questions that you guys have asked. And hopefully I will be able to answer them the best that I can. Love you guys. And yeah, just very thankful. Y'all have been so supportive these last several months. And I know that uh, moving forward, I hope that you will continue to be super supportive. So let's dive into it. First question I have here today is from, just kidding. I don't know who it's from. Uh, Well, I do know who, but I'm not going to say who it's from. Uh, Okay. Advice for a soon-to-be college freshman more than the obvious find a church answer. Well, Whoever gave you that advice was better than the advice that people gave me. So you're off to a good start. My advice was, uh, yeah, it's the best four years of your life. Live it up. Do whatever you want. Whatever. That's the worst advice ever because that put me um, in a big pickle because I wanted to go to church, but I also wanted to be crazy and party and live worldly. And that lasted a few months until uh, the Lord radically changed me, and I did not do that anymore. So... Find a church. Yes, I mean, that's such a great answer. I think even more than finding a church, I think building a community. You know, I think the more good friends that you can surround yourself early on in college, it's just going to help you so much for your four years. Um, I found good friends uh, in church through Bible studies and community groups at church and all those different things. Uh, I even knew a few good guys from the fraternity that I was in. I was not super involved by fraternity, but I had a bunch of good guy friends that were in that, that I did life with, that we went to church with, we led Bible studies, we, uh, you know, we had prayer walks, we had all these other things, and I think surrounding yourself with people that are going to push you in your faith, that aren't uh, just lukewarm, you know, people that aren't living one way and then being another way, you know, behind closed doors, or however you want to say that, but yeah, I think finding a church is super great, I think more than that, I don't want to say more than that, but I think just building a community of guys that are going to help and encourage you. And I think just don't believe the narrative that, you know, you have to live it up in college because odds are you're going to do that. It's super empty. It's not fulfilling. You're going to do things you regret. You're going to hook up with people you wish you didn't hook up with and all those other things. So, I mean, my advice for you is, yes, find a church, but more than that, surround yourself with good guys that are going to push you, they are going to encourage you in that love you, that are going to call you out when you're screwing up, when you're doing things that you wish that you weren't doing, and they're going to encourage you when you mess up and you feel like you've lost it all. So find a church, definitely number one, and just as important, okay, maybe not just as important, but surround yourself with good guys that are going to help keep you accountable and uh, that are going to love you, that are going to be good friends. I did not have the best friends in high school, and when I got to college, I didn't have the best friends when I started either, but after the Lord like I said, completely changed my life. I surround myself with great guy friends. Still my best friends today. They're my wedding. And uh, I do life with them. Find friends that you want to do life with. Okay. As a man, how do you lead your family well? What does that look like? Well, I'm still learning how to do that. Um, I've been married for two and a half years. We have a daughter. She's 15 months almost. Next week, two weeks maybe, something like that. She's almost 15 months. Well, uh, so how do I lead them well? Um, obviously, I think the first answer, well, maybe not obviously to you, but I think prayers for me is the biggest one. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it's how to be teachable, how to be humble. I think, you know, sometimes as men, pride gets in the way, and this is something that I struggle with all the time. If Sadie calls out something in me, my first reaction is not to, you know, be humble about it or uh, to take it because, you know, I'm angry. I wish that I did it the way that I was supposed to do it, and I wish you didn't have to be correcting me. But I think as a man and as a leader, being able to be humble, admit your mistakes, and um, learn from them. You know, there's a repentance that comes with things that you're not good at, you know, and it needs to turn to change. And don't just keep messing up the same thing over and over again. So for me, as I lead Sadie, as I lead Honey, um, a lot of it starts with prayer. You know, we go on prayer walks together. Um, Sometimes I initiate it, sometimes Sadie initiates it. I think that uh, as a leader, you also have to be willing to be coachable. And uh, like I said, if Sadie suggests it, then I can't beat myself up about it and be like, oh, well, I wish I would have suggested it today. Um, So like I said, it's just admitting your mistakes, being humble, and for me, it's prayer. Uh, praying, praying over honey before she goes to sleep. Um, praying in the mornings with Sadie if, if, if we both get up together at the same time. Going on prayer walks, asking uh, how her day was, what are things that she's walking through, how can I help uh, her? You know, is she, Did she have a good day at work? Did she have a bad day at work? If she had a bad day at work, um, is there something that I can do or do you want to talk about it? And it's just things like that, being intentional about asking questions and not just, you know, checking out on things when they get difficult. But if we have an argument or a tiff, be the first to apologize, which can be difficult for me because a lot of times I think I'm right and I might not be right, but I don't want to admit it. But sometimes you got to just swallow your pride and admit when you're wrong. And I think that's how you lead well. What did you do to be able to stand strong in your faith with so many people around chasing other things? I think this question kind of ties into the first question. Um, so when I was in high school, I kind of talked about it last DMs a little bit, but um, I wanted to go to, I wanted to be involved with church, but I also wanted to be like in the world, which is not the way to live. And scripture, you know, clearly tells us not to, but I also just kind of thought that I was saved since I went to church, which I don't think that's the case. Um, so for me, I've had, I've had two separate seasons early on in college and then my senior year of high school where I wanted to start getting serious about my faith, but then people also kind of would say things, and I would kind of revert back to the way that I was living before um, I kind of felt this tug to, to want to get more involved with my faith. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think standing strong in your faith with so many people around you chasing other things, I think you have to just know that all those other things that people chase after are temporary. Um, you know, if you get super drunk and you wake up the next morning and you're hungover, it doesn't feel good. You know, you don't, at least a lot of people, well, a lot of people kind of do wish they just, they just want to run that back. But for some reason, we like feel terrible in the morning, then we just want to just go do the same thing over again. So I think you have to just realize that even though scent can be fun, it's fleeting, it's 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 temporary, it's not lasting. Um, but Jesus is lasting. You know, I had more fun in college um, having prayer nights with, with, with my best guy friends and leading Bible studies than I did getting drunk at a party. So that was just... You know, I think you have to just realize that, yes, sin can be fun, and yes, doing things like that can be fun, but at the end of the day, it leaves you empty, it leaves you, uh, it just, there's no sustenance behind it, you know, it just leaves you, um, I don't know, for me, it just guilt and shame, but for you, it might be uh, other things, I don't know. So I think you have to just realize that if you're pursuing Christ, then you can't also pursue the things in the world, and you have to just know that, that pursuing the things in the world Yes, it might be fun for a night or for a moment, but 
in the end, it's just going to leave you empty. It's not fulfilling. It's not lasting. And uh, pursuing a relationship with Jesus is going to last a lot longer than those temporary um, highs that you had in college. Because most people that party super hard in college, you know, you get out of college and then you're just depressed because you don't have the same, you know, friend group that you had when you were in college or the same parties or all those other things. And uh, for me, when I, when I got really serious about my faith and I saw people chasing after the things that I used to love and, and, and really be into, that all just kind of fell away because I knew that, you know, once I came into a relationship with Jesus, I had no time for those other things and I didn't, I didn't want to take part of them. Once you want, for me, and I think for everybody, you know, once you become a believer and once you really start following Jesus, then the things of this world just kind of like, just become not as attractive. And for me, um, that's just kind of what happened. So even though I had a lot of people around me chasing other worldly things, um, I was able to be strong in my faith because I know what I, I know what I came from. I know that, um, those things weren't lasting. So why would I want to keep pursuing that? What helps you stay on track with your faith while being so locked into nutrition and fitness? That is a good question, and this is something that I um, wrestle with at times, but also live it out, I guess you could say. I try to. I try, I try to live it out, I guess. Um, for me, I just don't know if you can really separate the two, you know? I mean, I think you can, but for me, I try to, like, I try to just combine them. So for me, if I'm, um, you know, working out or if I'm being physical, I'm also thinking about how what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm doing is glorifying God. So when I'm working out, when I'm running, when I'm training, I'm trying to either be, you know, subconsciously praying or I'm listening to worship music or I'm listening to a message and I'm thinking about what the message is meaning to me. That way it's not like, okay, in the morning I'm going to have my quiet time and then I'm going to go to the gym I'm going to listen to whatever, and that's going to be like my gym time, and then I'm going to go about my day. So I try to, you know, just combine it. So for you, that can be a plethora of things. I don't know. For me, I can't listen to super worldly music when I go to the gym, even though I might want to to pump me up, but I know that if I listen to it, then it's just going to give me negative thoughts, and I don't need that in my life. So it's something that I walk through for sure. Then even like nutrition, you know, if we think about it, like, you know, our bodies are a temple. Um... I don't know. I just feel like staying locked in nutrition. Um, I feel like I just it just links with my faith, just from the standpoint of just trying to be healthy. I don't know. A lot of times, my nutrition plays into my fitness. So if I'm eating healthier, my fitness is better, and I'm happier, I'm healthier. I don't know. So for me, I try to like just not necessarily separate the 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 three, so to speak. I try to kind of just view it all in. In one thing, and if one thing is doing well, then hopefully the other two are doing are doing well too. So, um, I hope that kind of answers the question. But yeah, it's definitely a, a, a tough thing. So I know a ton of people that are like, I can't work out before I have a quiet time, and I've been like that before. But also, for me, um, you know, the gym has kind of become a quiet time as well. Whether it's a sermon or worship or a podcast or um, you know, even just not listening to music, even not listening to anything and just trying to pray through a workout. Um, I try to just kind of just intertwine all of them. What did you go to college for? What were your career plans before becoming a person of influence? So I went to college for uh, business management, and I'm pretty sure I minored in like family and entrepreneurship. I'm pretty sure that's what it was, but I went to Auburn. Um, 
So my career plans before becoming a person of influence, if you will. I, I love how that was worded. Um, I wanted to do, well, I say I wanted to do. My plan was to do construction. So I went to college to do uh, yeah, business management. I kind of had the idea of working with my family when I got older um, and doing construction, doing maybe some real estate stuff. Um, but yeah, I went for business management and my career plans were, I thought I was going to do construction and build houses and maybe do some real estate. And uh, yeah, the, the, the business management stuff helps me now, with, even with this podcast, with uh, helping Sadie with a lot of her stuff. Um, and the entrepreneurship, kind of the same thing, you know, running a business and uh, it just looks a little different than the way that I thought it was going to look. And I love um, where my life is at now and I would not have it any other way. So I went to college for business management with a minor in entrepreneurship and I was planning on building houses before uh, I started doing what I'm doing now. How can I get into the habit of having a quiet time and what should that look like? So I think that kind of goes with the question, you know, that kind of answered two questions ago. Um, for me, my life is so sporadic. Sometimes Honey wakes up early. Sometimes she sleeps in. Um, sometimes Sadie gets up early. Sometimes she sleeps in. I'm the same way. Sometimes I get up early. Sometimes I sleep till like nine o'clock or something like that. I'm not a really, or I'm not a, I'm not really a morning person. Um, so with that to say, I would love to have a quiet time in the mornings, but I'm really just not a morning person. Um, I mean, sometimes I have a quiet time in the morning. Sometimes it's a night before bed. Sometimes it's in the afternoon and sometimes it's in the gym. Sometimes between sets, you know, I'll read some scripture or when I get to the gym, I'll read, I'll bring my Bible to the gym. I usually have it in my truck every day and I usually take it in and out of the house um, from my truck to my house every day. Um, just because, you know, like, like I said, my life is sporadic. I don't have like, you know, at 8 a.m. for 30 minutes, I'm going to read my Bible every every day because some mornings I, I have stuff and some mornings I oversleep. And I think that sometimes we can like construct things to where if we don't, you know, meet what we said we were going to meet, then we feel bad about it. We feel guilty about it. And, you know, not that that's a bad thing, but it's, you know, there's nothing in scripture that says, you know, have your quiet time at the same time every single day. And I think that if you miss it, God's not mad at you or upset with you, but I think, you know, you find other times to do it. So it can be in literally in the car, you know, you can, the Bible can basically read to you. There's the voice on the Bible app and you can just play scripture while you read, while you're in the car. Um, you know, you can be completely in solitude and have no music and just be praying on your drive to work or on your drive to get food or wherever. So I think there's so many things that we can do for our quiet time. And for me, this, it's not the same thing every day. Some mornings, like I said, I read in the morning. Sometimes I read, I read in the afternoon. Sometimes at night, uh, I heard Rick Warren say he keeps a Bible open on his uh, nightstand, like next to his bed. And even if it's just a few sentences before he gets in bed or when he wakes up, he at least sees something of Scripture that day. Um, I try to do uh, the thing on the Bible app. I had a really good streak. But when we were in Norway, I lost it, and I actually kind of was very upset about it. I was almost at 365. I was at like 350. So I was like 15 days away from doing it for a whole year, and I uh, lost my streak. Now that it's about a streak, but I was kind of, I was just hoping to make it for a whole year, and I failed. But I'm not a failure, but that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, I think just doing something that you can stick with, and you know, if you get off of that habit that you have, um, 
you know, just get it in at some point of the day. But I don't think, you know, I don't think we have to make it super rigid and doing it at this specific time every day. And if we don't get that, then, you know, we beat ourselves up and we feel bad about it. Because I think that um, God's not confined or limited to, uh, you know, our narrative or this time of day that we've set apart for ourselves. But it can be at any time of the day. Like today, right now when I'm filming this, I've not had my quiet time yet. I went on a run super early and then I went to breakfast and I obviously, not obviously, but I listen to worship in the car and here I am. I'm doing this podcast and then later in the day, I'll probably read some or maybe at nighttime. Um, it's just different every day. And I think for you, just creating a habit of, of being disciplined just to get in at some point, whether it's before bed, whether it's when you wake up or um, you know while you're at work for lunch, I think there's so many opportunities that we have, um, but I do think that it's important to be disciplined to some extent and having a quiet time, whether that's reading, praying, worshiping, um, it can be so many other things. And I think just living your life um, in a way where everything you do is, is, is worship, it revolves around that. You know, it's not like, I don't know, I feel like we should just want to pray and read all day. At least that's for me, I don't know. Like I, don't, I, I still want to get to a point where it's like, I'm only going to give God 30 minutes in my morning. I'm only going to give him 10 minutes before bed. But I think it's, you know, there's, there's a verse in Thessalonians that says, pray without ceasing. It's just the, that idea of, you know, our whole life is just supposed to revolve around God. You know, so pray without ceasing. It's not pray during your quiet time, but it's pray all day throughout the day, on your way home from work, on your way to work, um, while you're going to the bathroom at work, maybe, or I don't know. But you, that's even a quiet time. You can, you can have a quiet time on your, you could read the Bible or have a plan on your, on your phone while you're going to the bathroom. Just a thought. I don't know. I've done that before. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that we can um, have all different kind of quiet times. So right now I'm going through Exodus. I was asking a buddy of mine, um, I just finished reading Job and I love Job. It's always a very uh, humbling and convicting book when it's yeah, when I can blame God for something that's happened, and then when I see Job's life, I'm like, that's pretty bad. Um, and I don't have it near as bad as Job, and the fact that he stayed faithful was very uh, inspiring. But yeah, right now I'm going through Exodus. I asked the buddy, hey, what's a good book in the Old Testament reading? He was like, Exodus. Um, so I've been going through Exodus. I think I'm at Exodus 28, maybe, maybe 27. Um, but I've been going through that. It started great. Um, it's still going really well, but reading the Exodus, um, you know, all the plagues in Egypt and Moses and Pharaoh and Aaron, but now I've gotten to the point where, um, it's like, like the, uh, like they're making the linen and they're making the bowls and the, you know, so now it's getting kind of like, I don't want to say tedious cause I love reading scripture, but it's kind of getting to the point where, uh, I'm just kind of just trying to get done with it. Cause it's, there's so much stuff I don't know. And like the Ark of the Covenant and all these other awesome things that I love in scripture, but I did think the beginning was cooler when Moses was, you know, splitting the Red Sea and all those other things. So, and I know that I talk a lot about um, workout songs uh, and podcasts while I while I go to the gym and train and those things. Um, and somebody actually asked, "What do I listen to? What songs or podcasts do I listen to?" So for songs, a lot of my go-to. I really love listening to Crowder. Um, I feel like it's such just vulnerable worship, but it's also like rock and roll. And for me. I just, I just love it. So a lot of times I'll just replay his Milk and Honey album. Um, I also have a playlist on Apple Music that I'll play. Um, it's got some Toby Mac, some Dante, Hillsong, Crowder, um, Elevation, all the people that I love to listen to. But yeah, Crowder's probably like my main go-to if I'm going to hit like, I don't know. If I'm hitting a heavy lift, I might listen to like The Anchor by Crowder. It's a really good one. Um, 
in the house is a good one. A lot of times, if I'm like, if I'm doing super, something super heavy, I'll find a song like that that I love, and I'll get to the exact part that I love where it's like just about to go berserk, and that's just where I'll play it from. Uh, so that's really songs, and then podcast. Uh, I just love Matt Chandler, man. Um, he's my go-to if I'm working out. If I'm not working out, I think his teaching just never fails to uh, convict me, and I just love. I'm the kind of person that loves going to church and just being convicted every every week. I don't like feeling good about myself, which I I think that's you know, I think it is good at times to feel good about yourself, but I also think we need to realize that you know, we need to realize where we've come from, but we also need to realize that we have a long way to go. And I think Matt is someone that really articulates that well, um, and he just he has a big booming voice. He's not meaning to scream, but he just kind of screams because that's, that's just the way he talks. Um, and I just love it. Uh, I feel like if he was like super soft spoken, then it, it really wouldn't just pump me up in the gym. But I love listening to Matt Chandler. So he's on podcast uh, or just YouTube or whatever. But he's at the Village Church um, TVC. So that's who I listen to if I want to get a sermon in um, while I'm working out. Just because, like I said, I'll be just doing some bench press, and he'll be speaking straight to my soul, and I'll be like, "Man, this is very convicting." But I'm also moving some weight right now. So I love it. It's, it's, a, it's a good compliment. But yeah, I uh, love listening to Crowder um, for worship and then Matt Chandler for uh, sermons are typically my two go-tos if I were, um, were going to have two for the rest of my life. How do I reward myself after a workout and what is my go-to Chick-fil-A order? Well, it's funny you ask that because you kind of just answered your own question. Um, my go-to Chick-fil-A order after a workout would be a blue Powerade. Um, I I go pretty hard in the gym, so I can kind of I, I, I kind of get away with this. Uh, two spicy chicken sandwiches, just the entree, not the meal. Uh, pepper jack cheese, bacon, pickles, but on a multi-grain bun. Um, so there's the there, there's the health there's the health aspect of that, and then I'll get a, a 12 count grilled nugget, and then I'll do uh, a Polynesian. And then I'll do two or three of the honey roasted barbecue. So that's kind of like my go-to Chick-fil-A workout. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A workout. That's my Chick-fil-A go-to order. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I think a lot of times, and at least for me, I've talked about this before, but, you know, I had a super unhealthy relationship with, like, working out and food when I, back when I was in um, college, my sophomore year. Um, and I've kind of gotten to now where it's like, yeah, I think I, I, not not that I ever work out because I get to go eat this and I get to go reward myself, but because you know it's nice that if I work super hard, I want to enjoy something. I don't want to go home and just you know eat like a bird. I don't know. That's I mean, and, and I know people do that, and I think that really helps them. Um, but for me, I kind of feel like I'm at the age, and maybe when I'm 30, I won't be able to do this anymore. But uh, I feel like my metabolism is still good, and I love to eat a lot of food and. I feel like I train super hard and work it off. So for me, I like to eat Chick-fil-A. Or I'll do Cane's, but I'll do... Cane's has a thing called Naked Birds, which you might not have Cane's where you're from, but it takes the breading off the chicken. So I think it's healthier. Um, that's something that I've been doing lately. So I'll go get like a, the box combo of Naked Birds, and that's how you have to say it. The Naked Birds, and they're delicious. They're without the breading, but they're still super good. Um, but yeah, I think that... Because for me, I just feel like if I didn't reward myself and I was, like, super strict on nutrition, like, super strict on training, then I feel like I, I just would get burned out. Um, 
so I kind of picked training that I love to do, that I'm super passionate about doing, that's fun. And uh, nutrition, like, yes, I'm, I'm still conscious of what I'm eating, but I'm also, you know, not strict enough to where I'm not going to, I'm not going to re- reward myself if I feel like eating something, I'm going to go eat it. And I work super hard. And there I am. I'm going to do it. So that's my go-to Chick-fil-A order. Sometimes it changes. Sometimes it's like one sandwich and two grilled nuggets or uh, maybe sometimes just three sandwiches and no nuggets. That's happened before. Uh, sometimes it's just two grilled nuggets and no sandwich. So it really just depends. But on a, if I'm living my best life on a happy day, on a good day, it'll be the two spicy sandwiches with a 12 count. All right, so the last question is how to pursue a girl long distance. Um, so I love this question because me and Sadie dated long distance for about 10 months. And then we got engaged. And then we were uh, um, engaged for long distance for about another four or five months or so, something like that. Um, but I loved, I really did like dating long distance. I know a lot of my friends um, dated girls uh, that went to um, the same college as us or same school as us. And I don't know, they just saw each other every single day, um, which is not a bad thing. Um, I just think for me, whether that boundary be physically or whatever, I think that would have been difficult for me. Um, just spending every single day with the person that I know that I'm going to marry. Um especially after we got engaged. Um, so I love dating long distance. I think it definitely, um, I, I, think, I think it forces you to be more intentional. So I know for me and Sadie, before we ever went on a date, like I said, we were still long distance. Um, she was in Nashville, I was in Auburn. And it just forced us to talk on the phone. Um, it was like deep, intentional, like great conversations. You know, I feel like on the phone, it's, like if you're really getting to know somebody, you, there's not like, many awkward silences or awkward pauses and you know if we were in the same town dating then you know we could be at the house hanging out and just be on our phones or watching a show or whatever um but it really just forced us to get to know one another we would talk on the phone for like two hours a night before bed and just have you know just deep conversations um I put a lot of miles in my car in 10 months a lot of miles because I was in Nashville like every weekend but I wouldn't regret that um for the world, you know, I changed a lot of priorities with like schooling, not that schooling wasn't a priority, but like I shifted a lot of my classes to where uh, I was able to spend longer in Nashville when I, when I went to go visit her and stay at some of her friends' houses, um, not stay with her, but I would stay at a friend, at one of her friends' house when I would go visit, um, and yeah, I mean, I think it just, it, it, it's, it's, you need to be so intentional about making sure that you go spend time with that person, but also just getting to know them on the phone. So for me, uh, like I said, me and Sadie would talk on the phone every night before bed, and I was in Nashville basically almost like every weekend. Um, I think it forces you to get to know one another faster. Um, So I don't know. That's just what I did. We talked on the phone a lot, got to know each other really well, and we were super intentional about going on dates on the weekends when I would go up and visit her. And uh, I really think it benefited our relationship. We got to be friends super well just by talking on the phone. It was nothing romantic. Um, you know, there's the Soldier Boy song, Kiss Me Through the Phone. There was no kissing me through the phone. We were just talking on the phone and got to become really good friends. And um, the romantic stuff didn't come until way after all that. So uh, I love the long distance. And for me, I love to pursue Sadie that way because we just talked on the phone and got to know each other really well. And... Um, 
when I didn't see her for you know a span of maybe a week or two, when I did get to go in town and see her, um, we just had so much to catch up on, and we were just such such good friends. So I loved it. That was something that um, I would not change for the world. I loved dating long distance and doing that whole thing, and now we're married with a 14-and-a-half-month-old daughter. So. so thanks so much for listening again to the Fortman Podcast, and thank you so much for all y'all support since December. And like I said, I'm about to take a short hiatus here, and I hope that y'all are along for the journey. And we'll see you back soon, and hope you will enjoy the new 4-8 Men seasons that we have coming out for y'all in the future. Love you guys, and so thankful for all the love and all the support. And uh, yeah, hope to um, hear more questions from you guys soon. Just shoot me DMs. I'll be um, answering as many as I can, and all the things. Love you guys, and so thankful for um, for y'all. And for being disciplined and being a 4-8 man, for training yourself spiritually and for training yourself physically. And we will see each other again soon.